everyone, and welcome to the Consumer Review Report. I'm Diane Rebecca here on WMCK.FM Internet Radio, a service of Tube City Online, Tube City Community Media, Inc. Heard Sunday at 4 p.m., Tuesday at noon, and Thursday at 9 a.m. Also, podcasts of these shows are available on WMCK.FM slash CRR. They're also available on iTunes, Google, iHeart, Spotify, and Spreaker. All right, welcome to the show. If this is your first time listening, we deal with consumer issues. And at the beginning of every show, I do um, uh, announce where if you have any ideas of any Uh, products or services you would like to hear on the show, you can email me at consumerreviewreport at gmail.com. I'm also on Facebook at Consumer Review Report and on uh, Twitter at CRR in McKeesport. Also, if you want to keep up to date on any of the recent recalls, you can also visit my Facebook page at Consumer Review Report. You can also go uh, to the website. Uh, it's recalls.gov. So if you want to keep up on what's being recalled, uh, you can do that at any of those places. All right. So because I do uh, begin every show, uh, asking if anybody has any ideas of any products or services they would like to hear on the show to email me. Uh, we do get suggestions, and there was a suggestion that uh, this person was concerned about so many products being manufactured in China, and not only products like consumer products, but our medicine. 80% of the ingredients uh, in our medicine is manufactured in China. Now, China is not exactly an ally, right? Uh, do we trust them with the health of the people in this country? And did you know we have no penicillin manufacturing uh, plants here in uh, the United States? They're all overseas. Now, India does do some for us, but I think China does 80% of the ingredients in our medicine. So... Steve from North for Sales uh, suggested doing a show on that, and that is what we are going to do today. And because it's very concerning, uh, you know, it's not like we're on friendly terms with China, especially with the trade wars going on, you know, and they're, they're going to want to keep their people safe, uh, you know, over our people first, Right, So if there's any medicine that there's a shortage of, they're probably going to try to save it for their people. Just like we're going through with this COVID-19, if they come up with the vaccine before anybody else, they even said that they were going to keep it for their people. And if there's any leftover, then the rest of the world can partake. But, you know, so it's, it's very concerning. And it's not only medicine, it's our products as well. I mean, they can be dangerous if they, you know, are manufactured incorrectly. And so over the, I don't know, couple of decades that they have been manufacturing most of our consumer products and most of our medicine, I mean, there's been 
toxic uh, pet food, toxic toothpaste. And so later in the show, we'll go through, there's, uh, we'll be airing a audio from a video called Six Toxic Chinese Products Found in the U.S. And, um, you know, and, and people are outraged, like, how, especially with the medicine. I mean, toothpaste, yes, that could be poisonous. Pet food, yes, that could poison your food or your pets. Um, you know, it's, and, you know, even with food, I know they provide some, uh, like, garlic and things like that, but at least we can grow our own food if, you know, we say, well, the food coming from China is not benefiting the people of the United States anymore, so we can grow our own food and feed our own population, hopefully. (laughs) But when it comes to the medicine, that is all out of our hands, and that is really, really concerning, especially when you try to negotiate with China, you know, whether it's over trade or anything else, they can really use that as a leverage politically. So that is very, very concerning when I started looking into this too. So there's this um, article. This was in the USA Today. It's an opinion article. It's entitled... Uh, China's poorly regulated food and drugs threaten U.S. consumers. America needs to stop importing essential items until China proves it can be a reasonable member of the global community. And it was written by Alex Bredzow, uh, opinion contributor. This was in April 24, 2020. He writes, when the coronavirus pandemic slows and allows us to catch a breath, both literally and figuratively, there will be an international reckoning that likely will end with China bearing the brunt of the blame. In order to force China to implement adequate safety standards, we should stop importing essential items, especially food, medicine, and medical equipment until the country proves that it can be a responsible member of the global community. We had plenty of advance warning that China was capable of infecting or poisoning the world. In 2002, the first terrifying coronavirus pandemic caused by the SARS severe acute respiratory syndrome virus erupted in Guangdong province. It circled the globe, killing 774 people. In 2007, the United States issued recalls covering dozens of toys made in China, some of which were coated in lead paint. Other toys posed choking hazards. One toy, a floating eyeball, was filled with kerosene, and in 2013, a child in Spokane, Washington, was injured when that chemical leaked out of a similar toy into his own eye. From pet food to pharmaceutical ingredients, uh, also in 2007, Chinese pet food across America was recalled for containing melamine, a uh, nitrogenous compound that serves as an adulterant to make food appear as though it contains more protein than it actually does. Melamine causes kidney failure and adulterated pet food killed at least 13 cats and a dog in the United States. In 2008, the Food and Drug Administration said the crucial life-spanning drug heparin 
which is used to prevent blood clots and treat patients suffering from a heart attack, contained a contaminant that could trigger fatal allergic reactions. The contaminated drug was linked to over 100 deaths uh, since early 2007. Also, according to the U.S. Department of, of Justice, China is the primary source of the illicit fentanyl and fentanyl-like substances commonly abused opiates in America. <laughs> so that brings us to today. Similar to the SARS outbreak, China has exported another novel coronavirus, SARS-CoV-2, which causes the illness called COVID-19. This time, China also exported coronavirus testing kits that don't work. Moreover, given that much of the world's supply of masks and respirators, along with other materials essential for healthcare, comes from manufacturers in China, or did before the pandemic, one has to wonder whether those products meet required performance standards. Americans deserve to know what they are purchasing. This situation reveals a weak link in the global supply chain that supports everyday health care in hospitals around the world. As Dr. Henry Miller explains, drugs are the sector of greatest vulnerability because China is the world's largest producer and exporter of the active pharmaceutical ingredients, APIs, used to manufacture drugs. <clears throat> A report from the U.S.-China Economic Security Review Commission concludes that APIs are produced there without sufficient quality control. It's not as if we can avoid these faulty drugs. When American consumers go to the pharmacy or supermarket, they are allowed no choice in the matter because drug companies are not required to list the country of origin for APIs on labels. Thus, the report says U.S. consumers may be unknowingly accepting risks associated with drugs originating from China. But surely drugs produced in China must be well regulated. Actually, no. The report also notes that China's regulatory apparatus is inadequately resourced to oversee thousands of Chinese drug manufacturers. Worse, the report says... The China FDA rejected 80% of drug clinical trial programs in 2016 due to fraud or incomplete data. By comparison, Dr. Miller writes that the percentage would likely be in the single digits in the United States and Europe. Unfortunately, the U.S. FDA doesn't help much. The commission's report observes that the agency deploys far too few inspectors to China to provide proper oversight. As a result, the report's bottom line is that Americans are at great or at risk of exposure to contaminated and dangerous medicines. Paradoxically, an outright ban won't work either because that would create a drug shortage. The policy implications are clear. Although it would be economically unfeasible and undesirable to ban all Chinese food and drug imports, We should begin the process of moving supply chains out of China and into countries, perhaps our own, that have and enforce appropriate safety and quality standards. The COVID-19 pandemic has proved that some goods like medicine and medical devices are too strategically important to outsource to untrustworthy actors. In the short term, getting U.S. regulators to do their job 
at ensuring the integrity of imported drugs would be an essential start. So the writer of this article is Alex Berezzo. <clears throat> it was his opinion article. He is a PhD in microbiologist and uh, vice president at the American Council on Science and Health and analysis uh, with Geopolitical Futures and a member of the USA Today Board of Contributors. So, I mean, what he says is makes sense, though. You know, if they're not <clears throat> taking our safety into consideration, we can't have them poison the population of the United States. Especially when you know that they're not going to be in our best interest. They're going to put themselves first, <clears throat> regardless. You know, so, I mean, I was just totally shocked <laughs> about that this is going on. Because, you know, in the recalls, um, you would find, uh, let's take, for example, the Tums, the uh, heartburn and acid medicine. Redinidin. Uh, you kept s seeing recalls, recalls, recalls of the, you know, uh, Zantac. And that was because they found that there was a carcinogen, a cancer-causing carcinogen in with the medicine. Now, does China make that? Well, they don't make the whole medicine. They just make ingredients for it. But is the one ingredient that they contributed, is that where the cancer-causing carcinogen is coming from? I mean, you know, so why not just poison the whole population of the United States, you know? I mean, I don't even know what they're doing about this. And who made it okay to do this and then close all our manufacturing plants here in the United States? I mean, it doesn't even make sense. So, I, I don't know, it's a, it's a really, really tough spot that we are in. So, let me go ahead and I have audio from a video on YouTube. It's called, Six Toxic Chinese Products Found in the U.S. Um, this is posted by China Uncensored. So, let's go ahead and take a listen. On this episode of China Uncensored, toxic products from China are making their way into the United States. Hi, welcome to China Uncensored. I'm your host, Chris Chappell. You know what's my most favored nation? Communist China! And why not? Sure, it's a totalitarian regime that brutalizes its own people, constantly engages in hostilities with other nations, and is a growing cyber menace that costs the U.S. billions in intellectual property theft, but... I'm sorry, what was I saying? Anyway, thanks largely to the Bill Clinton administration in the 1990s, the United States granted China most favored nation status, which essentially opened wide the door to trade. And what a great deal that was. Imports from China rose dramatically. Now, there were some who weren't happy about this, particularly all the American manufacturers who said they were being undercut by cheaper labor costs in China. But hey, that's free market capitalism, and that's as American as apple pie. By the way, China is now the largest apple producer in the world, so part of your pie is probably made in China. But 
China has, how shall we say, a less than stunning reputation for quality. Even Chinese officials admit the state of food in China is grim. Of course, here in the United States, we don't have to worry about tainted products from China getting across our borders because we have the Food and Drug Administration looking out for us. Between 2006 and 2010, the FDA blocked 9,000 unsafe Chinese products from entering American borders. According to Consumer Reports, in a four-month period in 2011, the FDA rejected 298 shipments from China that included filthy fruits, cancer-causing shrimp, and poisonous swordfish. Wow! It's a good thing the FDA is keeping such a close eye on imports from a country with a known history of selling tainted goods. What's that, Shelley? The FDA inspects less than 1% of all products seeking entry into the United States? Hmm. So if there's already thousands of tainted goods from China in a less than 1% sample, how much is slipping through? I can't tell you that, but at least I can tell you a few examples. Here are the top six tainted exported Chinese products. Number six, tainted milk. Melamine is a wonderful fire-resistant chemical compound useful in making, for example, plastic dinnerware. Also, when added to diluted milk, it can make it appear in tests as if the milk has higher protein content, which is why Chinese state-owned dairy producer Sanlu Group added melamine to its milk and infant formula. It's like when you steal from your parents' tequila bottle and replace the missing amount with water, only instead of water, you add rubbing alcohol. No one will be the wiser, right? So anyway, in China, six infants died from melamine poisoning, and an estimated 300,000 got sick. That's partially because it happened just ahead of the 2008 Olympics. So naturally, authorities covered it up for as long as they could. But melamine contamination also ended up in exports, including in what used to be one of my favorite Chinese candies. Yes, melamine-tainted white rabbit candies showed up in Connecticut. And melamine was an even bigger problem in South Korea, where certain varieties of M&M and Kit Kat bars had to be recalled after some of them tested positive for melamine, even though the companies said the levels of melamine were totally safe. Number 5. Tainted Pet Food Why stop at milk when you can add melamine to wheat gluten, too? I mean, what's not to love about melamine's magical fake protein-boosting powers? Except that in 2007, the U.S. Food and Drug Administration received reports that about 8,500 dogs and cats had died after eating tainted pet food. But let me make this clear. It's not from a Chinese pet food brand. These were American brands, like Nestle Purina and Blue Buffalo. They contained wheat gluten, imported from a Chinese producer, and that gluten contain poisonous levels of melamine. According to U.S. law, if only part of a product is from China and it was cooked or processed in the U.S., it doesn't have to be labeled as made in China. So buying pet food is kind of like playing a game with your dog or cat, a game of Russian roulette. Number four, tainted fish. China produces 62% of the world's farmed fish. And fish farmers there often use dangerous levels of pesticides, herbicides, and fungicides, substances that may be banned in the U.S. So why do they need to use all these chemicals? Because rivers in China look like this. With such unsanitary conditions for fish, no wonder they have to be pumped full of chemicals. 
half of all China's lakes and reservoirs are polluted beyond what's safe for human consumption. But fish raised in the same water is good eating. Number three, toxic toys. About three quarters of the world's toys are made in China, and about a third of those may contain heavy metals, according to research by Greenpeace and IPEN in 2013. And I'm not talking about the kind of heavy metal your parents think is poisonous. No, I mean the kind that can cause permanent damage to a child's nervous and immune systems. No, I mean this. Some of these toxic toys from China make their way into America. In 2007, the U.S. had a massive recall of 45 million Chinese toys because they were coated in lead paint. Mattel alone had to recall 9 million. Don't worry, though, the Chinese manufacturers were listening. Most of them stopped using lead. Instead, they switched to other heavy metals like cadmium and arsenic, which have also resulted in recalls. Number two, toxic drywall. It seems toxic products from China are something Americans just can't live without, especially when they're living within it. During the housing boom between 2004 and 2007, an estimated 100,000 homes in more than 20 states were built using drywall from China. And guess what? It was toxic! Compounds like carbon disulfide not only erode electrical systems and plumbing, but also make it hard to breathe in your own home. Number one, counterfeit pharmaceuticals. Blood is thicker than water, unless you've been using the blood thinner heparin. China has a huge problem with counterfeit pharmaceuticals. Sometimes they make their way into the United States, where they can kill. In 2008, tainted heparin made by Changzhou SPL, a manufacturing plant in Jiangsu province, killed 81 Americans. And these were only some of the bigger product scandals. So how do you feel about buying products made in China? Or the fact that after so many scandals, we're still importing so much from there? Leave your comments below and be sure to subscribe for more China Uncensored. Once again, I'm Chris Chappell. See you next time. All right, so that gives you an idea. Now, I know the dates are like around 2004, 2007, 2008, but it's still happening. The recall list uh, on recalls.gov is pretty busy every day on new recalls of products um, for this reason or that reason. And let's not forget the toothpaste containing diethylene glycol, which I'm pretty sure it's probably not good for you. That came from China as well. That was one uh, that was not a toxic Chinese product listed in that audio, uh, but it should have probably been. <laughs> so it's still going on though. And so 11 months ago, uh, there was a video posted on YouTube, and we'll hear the audio. Growing concerns over China's control of American drug supply. This was posted by NBC Nightly News. So let's. Let's go ahead and take a listen to that. There's a little known fact about some of the most common drugs Americans take, from antibiotics to heart medicine to antidepressants. 80% of the key ingredients used to make them come from overseas, mainly from China. China's stated aim is to become the pharmacy to the world. Rosemary Gibson is the author of China Rx. How much of our drug supply is controlled by China? We're so dependent on China that if they shut the door on sending medicines to us, 
our hospitals would shut down within a couple of months. In the case of some drugs, like antibiotics, China has a total stranglehold. We can't make penicillin anymore. The last penicillin plant in the United States closed in 2004. In March, a prominent Chinese economist suggested his country's control of the market could be used to send a message. If exports are reduced, he said, the medical systems of some Western countries will not run well. Basically, we've outsourced our entire industry to China. That is a strategic vulnerability in and of itself. John All Adams crisis, is a retired brigadier general. How are pharmaceuticals turned into weapons of war? Pharmaceuticals are necessary for our war fighters. They're necessary for our population to remain healthy, to cure diseases. If those are either toxic or they're not available, we're going to get sick and we will die. The U.S. and China are not at war. But there are tensions over trade. China's state-run paper said this week there's little chance the government would deliberately harm innocent Americans by cutting off the flow of antibiotics. Well, trust is everything. And do we trust? There have already been problems with contamination. In 2008, there were dozens of deaths tied to batches of the blood thinner heparin. And in the past year, more than 50 recalls of some of the most popular blood pressure medicines, contaminated in China and India with chemicals linked to cancer. How did we get here? We How here. did this happen? We got here because it's cheap, because we look at, for, at, at the next quarter's profits. The pressure for low-cost drugs pushed manufacturing to China. We have to reinvest in making medicines here in the United States. An expensive proposition that could drive drug prices up. For commodities like oil and food, we would never put all of our production, all of our eggs in one basket in China. We shouldn't be doing that with our medicines. Stephanie, the fact that we rely on China for drugs that Americans take and need every day is alarming. What can be done? Well, the only way to regain control, Lester, is to move manufacturing back to the U.S. But experts tell us that private companies aren't going to do that on their own. They're going to need the federal government's help. And Lester, that means money. Hey, NBC News fans, thanks for checking out our YouTube channel. Subscribe. All right, so that was posted 11 months ago when the uh, trade wars were going on. We're not thinking too much about the trade wars at this time because our attention has been focused on the coronavirus, right? Which I get a little bit suspicious about, you know, how that virus got out and at an opportune time for China. Um, but that's just my opinion. <laughs> but um, again, if you're depending on China to, to be in the United States' best interest, it probably isn't a good idea, right? So here was a commentary article entitled, U.S. Reliance on China for Generic Drugs is a Security Threat. This was uh, in the U.S. News and World Report. That was 12 months ago. Uh, so it goes on to say, Last week, drug maker Novartis issued a recall of generic versions of the popular heartburn medication Zantac. The Food and Drug Administration recently announced that the drug's active ingredient, ranitidin, had been contaminated with a carcinogen known as N NDMA. On Monday, CVS pulled Zantac and its generics from its shelves. Walgreens had already stopped selling the drug earlier. 
This recall will impact patients suffering from a variety of excess stomach acid conditions. But it's the safety of the generic drug supply as a whole that should give all Americans heartburn. Congress is currently focusing on a legislative effort to reduce the out-of-pocket costs of brand-name prescription drugs. This is a worthy effort, yet it shouldn't overlook the other pressing prescription drug problem. That would be the safety risks posed by many generic drugs, which make up roughly 90% of the drugs Americans take. Renitidin is just the latest in the string of generic prescription drug safety contaminants in recent years. Last year, the FDA announced that the same carcinogen contaminated the popular blood pressure medication Valsartan, spurring a massive recall that affected tens of millions of patients. The biggest prescription drug crisis of recent years was the 2008 contamination of heparin, a widely used blood thinner. The FDA estimates that 149 Americans died and many hundreds more were seriously injured as a result. What's responsible for the repeated drug safety lapses? The offshoring of the American drug supply to China and, to a lesser extent, India during the past couple of decades. Lacks safety standards and FDA oversights at plants in those two countries have allowed these drugs and likely countless more we don't even know about, to become contaminated and endanger patients. China and India now manufacture about 80% of the drugs consumed in the United States. This figure understates China's dominance because many of the active ingredients in the Indian manufactured drugs come from China. The U.S. doesn't even manufacture vital drugs like antibiotics anymore, with the last penicillin factory closing in 2004. In 2017, FDA inspectors investigated a plant at China's Huaihai Pharmaceuticals, which manufactured contaminated valsartan and found rust, deteriorating equipment, ignored consumer complaints, testing anomalies, and potential contamination. Two other Chinese plants were cited by the FDA last year for inadequate cleaning and maintenance procedures, unlocked and improper recording formulas, and inadequate testing, among other violations. FDA inspectors are unable or unwilling to provide appropriate oversight of Chinese manufacturing. In contrast to the robust testing required for approval for new prescription drugs, the FDA only requires that generic manufacturers prove that patients will absorb drugs at the same rate as the brand name medications they copy. A 2016 Government Accountability Office report finds that some Chinese drug manufacturing plants are never investigated, while others are looked at infrequently. At the time of the report, the FDA only has 29 on staff to inspect more than 3,000 foreign manufacturing facilities. And the number of FDA investigators abroad dropped by 25% between 2016 and 2018, with two out of the three inspection offices in China closing in recent years. According to a Bloomberg analysis, the FDA checks less than 1% of drugs manufactured abroad for safety before allowing them into the country, and manufacturers are generally warned before inspections occur.
Given the growing trade war and animosity between the two countries, the utter dependence on China for the U.S. basic medicines also pose a national security threat. China's drug manufacturing dominance gives it a nuclear option in the ongoing trade war. Millions of Americans could die without access to life-saving medications if China decides to weaponize its drug making. In order to ensure generic drug safety and product or, or and protect against this national security threat, the U.S. must produce its most vital medications, such as antibiotics, insulin, and at home. In their 2018 book, China Rx, authors Rosemary Goodwin and Janardan Prasad Singh lay out 10 steps to achieve this goal. These include deeming medicines a strategic asset, providing incentives to bring manufacturing home, and increasing FDA testing of medications. Lawmakers plan to hold hearings soon about China's dominance in prescription drug manufacturing. These hearings should recommend that any forthcoming comprehensive prescription drug legislation include a reshoring element. If the status quo prevails, the country will continue experiencing dangerous and widespread drug contaminations at best. And also, it was mentioned in the audio from NBC Nightly News, that it could affect our fighting force, too. I mean, if you're in a war and you need medications to get your soldiers back on their feet and fighting again, and they're coming from China, and you're depending on that, like penicillin to avoid infection and anything like that, I mean, they could decimate the military, because if they don't have the medications to get them back on their feet and fighting again, if that's possible for whatever injury that they have, then there's clearly going to be, your military force is not going to be as strong. So it could also affect uh, us militarily, not just the consumers in the United States, but also uh, our military force as well. So let's go ahead. I have an, some audio from a video posted by Quartz. And it's entitled, COVID-19 Could Change How Dependent the World is on China for Drugs. So let's go ahead and take a listen to what they have to say. In 2016, this chemical factory in Shandong, China exploded. You probably didn't hear about it. Unlike the Tianjin explosion a year earlier, which killed 173 people and made international headlines, the Shandong explosion barely made national news. No one died. But its ramifications were felt everywhere. This factory was the single producer of the ingredients that make up a key drug called piperacillin, one type of penicillin antibiotic. After this explosion, there was a global shortage of the drug. Global drug shortages happen all the time, for lots of reasons. A big part of it is how much the world's pharmaceutical industry has come to rely on China. China is the largest producer of APIs, active pharmaceutical ingredients, which are the main ingredients in drugs. When supply from China is disrupted, whether that's from factory explosions, there have been others, 
environmental policy changes, and even the 2008 Beijing Olympics, the impact is felt around the world. And probably the worst disruption the world has seen just happened. COVID-19 challenges an already vulnerable global drug supply chain at a time when the world needs it the most, and the implications of that could change how our drugs are made. If you're putting all your eggs in one basket, relying on drug supply from one country, and that one country fails, immediately you're in all sorts of trouble. We're traveling around the world to see how China's growing superpower is changing our everyday lives. I'm Isabel New for Courts. You're watching Because China. Where are our drugs made? The answer to that question is surprisingly complicated. Take this bottle. The company on the label is American, but that doesn't mean the drugs are actually made here. The pills themselves could have been made in any number of countries, like India, Israel, or Ireland, with the active ingredients and chemicals usually coming from China. The supply chains that I've been working in for the last 25 years have been truly globalized. This is Damien Holly. I better like that or straight. Head of supply chain at Novartis, one of the largest drug companies in the world. We've got people based in all the major countries all over the world. A globalized system for drug manufacturing makes a lot of sense. It's economical, more efficient, and in theory, is less risky. If multiple regions produce the same chemicals for drugs, we're covered if something happens in one of them. So how did we get here, where just one country, China, has become such a critical link in global pharmaceutical manufacturing? For China, that the process began in 2000. This is Yan Zhonghuang. Hello. He's an expert on global health policy. He says China produces most of the world's APIs for the same reason it manufactures a lot of our stuff. It's cheaper. China has a cheap labor, and this labor actually skilled labor. The materials are also uh, cheaper. But it's not just about costs. There are looser environmental laws and regulations for factories, and government incentives. Factories that meet U.S. and European standards are rewarded with subsidies. All of this quickly propelled China to become the world's largest producer of APIs. Huang said, in recent years, Chinese pharmaceutical factories have supplied the active ingredients for more than 90% of U.S. antibiotics and the majority of acetaminophen. But it's not that everyone was okay with this. Politicians, health experts, and even pharmaceutical companies have been ringing the alarm bells. But China's dominance in the API market remains unchallenged. And then, in January of 2020, as the novel coronavirus first emerged in Hubei, which is China's third largest province for API manufacturing, concerns turned to panic. According to one Chinese news source, 44 facilities that are certified to supply APIs to the U.S. and Europe are located in Hubei. Most of them were shut down as China tried to contain the epidemic, and as the virus spread, China suspended business operations nationwide, affecting almost all drug manufacturers in the country. This is a U.S. Senate roundtable where the topic came up. What we've identified through this episode is a critical choke point in the supply chain 
for pharmaceuticals and some critical pharmaceuticals. And so it calls into question whether or not we have the right policies. India, another major manufacturer of generic drugs that relies on China for the starting chemicals, decided to temporarily restrict export of 26 APIs and drug formulations, including critical antibiotics. Well, I don't ever remember seeing anything like that before in my career. Many Chinese factories reopened by mid-April, but disruptions had happened. In the early days of the outbreak in China, the production of APIs dropped by as much as 20%. And as Chinese factories are resuming production, shipping APIs is still a problem, as much of the world deals with the pandemic. Ah, there we go. That's perfect. Great. All right. Okay. This is Andrew Hill, a senior research fellow at Liverpool University. It's made people really find alternative supplies if, in this, this nightmare scenario, you, you just run out of... Uh, drugs from, from your normal supplier. But finding alternative sources is actually not that easy. For one, we don't actually know how much China's response to COVID-19 affected the global drug supply. And that's because companies consider their API manufacturers to be proprietary information. Even regulators don't have the full picture of where drugs' ingredients are coming from. In February, the FDA announced that at least one drug was in short supply because of COVID-19 in China. But it didn't say which drug, because naming it reveals supply chain trade secrets. We're concerned about um, supplies of, of antibiotics because we need them to treat infections. Particularly concerning right now are drugs that are used to treat uh, severely ill COVID-19 patients. And Again, we don't know where a lot of those drugs are made. This is Michael Ganyo. There we go. He's the senior director of a pharmacist association that tracks ongoing shortages. He says the murkiness of the drug supply chain makes it hard to prevent shortages before they happen. And pharmacists have learned to cope over the years by providing patients with the safest alternative drugs. Pharmacists, unfortunately, have become very good at managing drug shortages. It's kind of become part of our way of life. Transparency is part of the problem. Another has to do with cost. The drugs that are most at risk of supply disruptions are generic drugs, and generic drugs are cheap. You know, we've got antibiotic tablets that are cheaper than a chewing gum, and we've got uh, antibiotic injectables that are cheaper than a cappuccino. Because profit margins are so low on generic drugs, companies often don't spend extra money to build redundancy into their manufacturing process. Companies come together, and eventually you end up with one supplier. That's not really where we want to be. COVID-19 has prompted some efforts to reduce the industry's reliance on China. In March, U.S. lawmakers introduced a bill to invest $100 million to incentivize companies to make APIs in America. We need something to bring those operations back. Sanofi, a Paris-based drug maker, is banding together several manufacturing sites across Europe to increase their own API production. Experts we talked to said the answer is not to reverse globalization. Is it possible to go back to a less globalized pharmaceutical supply chain? Well, it's, it's uh, difficult. Unrealistic. Unimaginable. It's more about correcting a trend that has gone too far in developed countries. 
API production is one of the most polluting industries in the world. So developed nations moved a lot of their manufacturing overseas, first to Eastern Europe, then India and China. A pandemic has put this trade-off in a new light. In the worst case scenario, even the wealthiest countries in the world might not be able to buy life-saving medications, and most of them don't currently have the capacity to make the drugs themselves. It's unrealistic to have every country making every drug for their own patients, but there has to be a happy medium here where you, you rely on particular other countries, but you have a fallback position where you have manufacturing capacity in your country in case things really start to fail. It's something that just needs to be discussed in a very cooperative way between countries because we're all, we're all in this together. You're watching a Quartz member exclusive. This story is a part of our series, Because China. Keep watching for more stories about how China is changing everything from music to tourism to trash. All right, so there you go. Another example of, you know, what's going on as far as our medicine is concerned and how lethal it could be if there was a shortage or it was poisoned. Um, I have an article here. It's mainly uh, what has happened in China. But I thought it was important because I I thought, well, if they would treat their own people like this as far as giving them faulty vaccines, they're not going to be very um, compassionate about our medicine get to the rest of the world, right? If they treat their own people like this. So let me go ahead and go over this article it's called outrage in china over thousands of faulty vaccines for children this was written by ben westcott and serenity wang uh, from cnn and this was in 2018 so this is what happened in china hundreds of thousands of vaccines provided for chinese children have been found to be faulty inciting widespread fury and prompting the country's president to describe the incident as vile and shocking. China's Food and Drug Administration has launched an investigation into vaccine manufacturer Changchun Changshan Biotechnology, uh, revoking its license for human rabies vaccines and beginning a recall of all unused vaccines produced by the company. Five senior executives of the company, including the chairwoman, were taken into custody for questioning by Changchun police who announced they had begun an official criminal investigation into the company. In Chinese, the term Changshen is a play on words meaning long life. Online message boards have been in, uh, just blasted with hundreds of thousands of comments since the news broke Sunday with parents and consumers using the hashtag Changsheng Biotech Vaccine Incident to post reactions on Weibo, a Chinese platform likened to Twitter. So here's a comment. Uh, My home country, how can I trust you? You just let me down again and again, one user said. Our trust has been overdrawn again and again, and it's so irresponsible for everyone's life, said another. Many of the defective vaccines were already on the market and given... uh, being given to Chinese children as part of the mandatory national vaccination program. Uh, 
A number have now been recalled, but there is no information at this stage as to how they could affect the health of the children who have already been injected. Thorough investigation promised at least two different vaccines, rabies and diphtheria and tetanus, DPT, manufactured by Changsheng Biotechnology, were known to be defective. Now, the state-run news agency reports that at least 113,000 doses of the company's rabies vaccine are affected. In a statement, the Jilin Provincial Food and Drug Administration said a total of 250,338 doses of Changsheng's DPT vaccine were faulty. This batch was sold to the Shandong Provincial Disease Prevention and Control Center. Oh, see, that's not good. It follows an earlier incident in November 2017 when at least another 400,000 doses of the same vaccine produced by a different second company, the Wuhan Institute of Biological Products, were found to be substandard. Eight provinces or cities immediately announced they would be stopping or suspending the use of human rabies vaccine from Changsheng, while another four claimed they had never used it. It is not known whether other regional disease control agencies have been affected. The Changsheng vaccine issues, fir- or issues first became public following an official government inspection of the company's facilities on July 15th, in which authorities found that the company had fabricated production and testing records, falsified production specifications and equipment, and that's what CFDA officials said in a briefing. Those involved will be resolutely punished with zero tolerance. The government will resolutely crack down on all illegal and criminal acts that endanger the safety of people's lives, a statement released by China's central government said. The vaccine crisis will undermine attempts by authorities to rebuild the public's trust in Chinese food and medicines after a series of wide-scale controversies in the past decade. The vaccine scandal is just the latest in the series of controversies surrounding fake or defective products produced in China. In 2008, about 300,000 Chinese infants became sick after drinking tainted milk formula, triggering a countrywide rush to buy internationally produced baby products in Hong Kong and abroad. Years later, almost half of the Chinese food processing plants still fail to meet internationally accepted standards, according to to a 2015 report. Even condiments such as soy sauce and spice mix haven't escaped the fake goods scares after authorities in northern China busted several factories making counterfeit versions of the popular products in 2017. So there you go. I mean, if they treat their own people like that, they're not going to have very much uh, different procedures for us. And they're going to continue to try to make their money by substandard uh, ways of making the things that are most important to us, which is food and medicine. And that's just got to stop, I guess, because, yeah, I don't know if uh, Congress ever had those hearings that we mentioned before or if anybody's making a move to try to go into that direction. But it's not going to happen overnight. But something's got to be done 
today or yesterday, actually, in order to ensure our safety and not be so dependent on a country that is not really an ally to us, uh, especially if we have uh, issues such as trade wars or any other issues where they could use this as leverage in order to get what they need out of this. So this was just absolutely shocking. I, I, could, I couldn't believe it. Uh, so thank you, Steve from North for Sales, for suggesting this um, uh, subject. And if anybody else has any suggestions or they want to comment on what you have just heard today, you can email me at consumerreviewreport at gmail.com. I'm also on Facebook at uh, Consumer Review Report and Twitter at CRR in McKeesport. So I'll continue to keep an eye on what's going on on this and see if there is any progress. Um, I just noticed in this last video too, they said the reason why we did change uh, <clears throat> production, we got the production out of the United States was because it's kind of a pollutant uh, to the environment to make uh, pharmaceuticals. So uh, um, I guess we would have to make an exchange then. Do we value our health um, as far as the medicine that we're taking? Or, you know, are we going to be able to pollute our environment so that we can start making these again? Because I just don't think that um, that relying on other countries, no matter if we're, you know, friendly or not, I just don't think it's a good idea. Um, I know for some foods and, you know, it's probably pretty important to try to rely on ourselves. And I know probably sometimes we can't if we want certain foods, but we should try to rely mostly on ourselves as much as we can when it comes to medicine and food I would imagine and whoever thought not to do that and thought that was a good idea that's just nuts <laughs> all right so if you have any suggestions on any products or services you would like to hear on the show or you would like to comment on anything that you have heard on the show you can email me at consumerreviewreport at gmail.com I'm also on Facebook at Consumer Review Report and on Twitter at CRR in McKeesport. Also, speaking of products from China and all the recalls that are listed every day, I do try to post all the recalls on my Facebook page as far as food and medicine and just regular consumer products. You can also find those on my Facebook page at consumer re review report sometimes i post them on twitter and sometimes i don't so your only reliable uh source would be my facebook page at consumer review report and also at recalls.gov recent so this is the consumer review report on wmck.fm a service of tube city online tube city community media inc Heard Sunday at 4 p.m., Tuesday at noon, and Thursday at 9 a.m. I'm Diane Rebecca, wishing everyone a safe and good week.